Life is a canvas. Listen as Dr. Allison R. Tendler and her guests paint the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and business leaders on her podcast, The Art of Seeing Clearly. Through insightful questions and thought-provoking conversation, Allison and her guests explore the essence of what it means to truly experience life, business, entrepreneurship, love, success, and even failure through a clearer lens. I'm your host, Dr. Allison R. Tendler, board-certified ophthalmologist, surgeon, owner, and CEO of Art Vision and Artisan Skin and Laser Center. I literally get to work every day to help people see better on the 2020 eye chart. But true clarity in life and in business often requires a slightly different kind of vision. I happen to have a passion for learning how other entrepreneurs and leaders find their clarity, and I want to share with you some of their secrets to success. In 2006, Matt Altman co-founded Sportique, a global lifestyle apparel company that is committed to delivering elevated basics using high-quality fabrics, innovative designs, and on-trend fit that not only look and feel good, but provide superior comfort no matter the occasion. Sportique quickly became a household name amongst some of the most recognizable brands, athletes, and celebrities in the world after landing a licensing deal with the NBA early on and being amongst the first apparel companies to bridge the gap between the sports fan and the fashion world. To date, Sportique collaborates with global leaders like the NBA, Nintendo, Peloton, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Warner Brothers, and the Dave Matthews Band, just to name a few. Sportique has outfitted more than 4 million people around the world since its inception. Altman has a lifelong passion for helping people, supporting them to live their dreams and be the best version of themselves. He serves on the board of the Prem Wat Foundation, which addresses the fundamental human needs of food, water, and peace. He is a member of Entrepreneurs Organization and serves on the board of the Arizona chapter. Matt holds a bachelor's degree in accounting and business from the University of Arizona, and in his personal life, he enjoys spending time with his wife and daughter, as well as practicing yoga, skiing, traveling, adventuring, and living his life with the goal of always learning. Matt, welcome to the Art of Seeing Clearly. Matt, I'm so excited to have you here today. Reading about you, learning about you, I can't wait for our listeners to also be able to do the same, how you're taking the concepts of how you live your life and putting them into how you lead your business. And what that business is, is one thing, but how that business comes about and how your life around it is is organized and how that leads and guides you and where you want to head in life, um, that's a whole other. So I, I look forward to really hitting in on both of those concepts. So tell me a little bit about Sportique and and where the business idea came from. And of course, the name. Yeah. So first of all, Allison, thanks for having me on the show and uh, excited to engage with you and, and talk uh, about uh, Sportique and just my entrepreneurial journey. So we'll start with Sportique, the, the name. Prior to starting Sportique, I worked in professional sports. I was the director of merchandise for the Phoenix Suns and the Arizona Diamondbacks. And the company Sportique started in 2006, but prior to that, the landscape in licensed apparel was either a jersey or a heavyweight boxy t-shirt that wasn't really comfortable and it was just a very loud and proud kind of heavy ink graphic and that was really kind of what you saw. And so there was this displaced consumer who maybe shopped at Bloomingdale's or a Nordstrom's or a boutique who really understood 
better quality in terms of t-shirts and hoodies and things of that nature. But when they went to an environment like a professional sports event or a resort or a music venue. But they they didn't want to wear that boxy thing? Yeah, there really wasn't anything for them. You know, there really wasn't anything for them. And so my partner, Jason and Franklin and I, we really saw there was this niche to be able to provide better lifestyle apparel to what we'd kind of call the destination retail space of these these types of markets and really took inspiration from boutique fashion in terms of fit, fabric, feel, design aesthetic, embellishment of the garment and fused that with classic sportswear that were just trying in true silhouettes and hence the name, you know, Sportique. We just kind of really bridged what was happening in that in that area. In the sports area with a boutique type of, of need Correct. and quality. Today, Sportique plays as that better, best apparel option in, in that destination retail space. Were you guys the first ones to see this kind of quote unquote gap with a need that like, hey, we can we can change this? How did that, you know, come about seeing that? Was there an incident? Was there multiple clients who were like, oh, I wish this? How did that idea come about? Yeah, I mean, I think I think in intuitively we knew it. We saw it. I saw it firsthand working for the Phoenix Suns that season ticket holders or that type of customer I was telling you, they just wouldn't even come into the store because they knew there wasn't anything for them. Right. So so I had firsthand knowledge and saw what was just happening in the market, in the marketplace. Now, we weren't really the first. There were others, but we've also, we were probably really the first in certain areas to deliver that better best. But now it's become, it's become now the norm that you're going to see and experience better product in those environments. So you have a partner in your business as well. So how did you and Jason like, form that partnership? Yeah, so when I was working for the Phoenix Suns and Arizona Diamondbacks, Jason was a sales rep for a company that I was buying from. So he was actually the sales rep for that company. And so we connected in 2000, 2001, and we really forged a, a friendship um, from there. And I think both of us were young at the time in, in our career where a lot of the reps I was dealing with were you know, 10, 15 years older than me. And so a lot of the legacy companies too weren't seeing what we were seeing in terms of some of these opportunities. And we we both were at a at a point in our careers where we kind of hit a ceiling and we we both really wanted to embrace our entrepreneurial spirit and and uh, it was I think the great great time in our lives to to go out and uh, take that risk. Wow. So Talking about partnerships, going on that round just a little bit, I have a question on that and how you make that successful. I mean, there are successful partnerships and there's definitely challenges along the way. What are some of your and Jason's like tips and tricks for making that work and being successful? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the thing for us is we're truly a yin-yang. And so I think that that naturally has been a great fit. And then the other thing I would just say is really understanding roles. I think it's, I think even though we're partners, we're founders of the business, we still have what our, our strengths are and what our roles should be in the business. And so we have, 
you know, defined roles. I'm the CEO. He really oversees business development and, and sales. And so we really can play off of one another. And then we have the commonalities and can come together to address certain facets of the business. The other thing to do as you grow the business, I think it's really important to surround yourself with a good team. So not only there's our partnership, we have a really strong exec team that we can then work together on and solving all the business challenges that we face. How big is your team right now? Total employees. Total employees is about 94 employees and okay. the exact team is six. And six of you that are coming together. Yeah. How did you figure out what your, you know, true, I'll say your genius roles, if you want to use that word. How did you figure that out? Did you go through some bumps, ups and downs as you were coming to like, hey, we're yin and yang in this way? Or did you already knew that before you formed your partnership? It's a little bit of both. A little bit of both. I think Jason's strength was sales. He also really gravitated to marketing and product. I really gravitated to product operations, supply chain, overseeing the just full operations of running a business, spreadsheets, dealing with finance and accounting. Uh, I actually had an accounting background. That's actually what I got my degree in, but didn't want to be an accountant, but it's it served to really helped me in understanding the the roots of business and, and really how to look at your business, understand how to analyze things, make decisions from data and things of that nature. So early on, we both had to sell because, you know, you just have to. And early on, we both had to take on roles of operational pieces. And then as things kept going, it's like, okay, you go do more sales. I'm going to now make sure the company is operating and all these other things are being taken care of to support the customers that are coming in and and things of that nature. So you started out as an accountant. What was it like? That is not for me. And now it set you up for success in a different way. But so tell me about that story. Yeah. So I got my degree in accounting. Okay. I never became an accountant. In fact, yeah, I, I got my degree in accounting in accounting and I did some work in college with accounting and I realized this is just not, you know, for me. And fortuitously, I had this opportunity to intern for the Phoenix Suns my last year of college and I just loved the experience. And I was able to then get a job coming out of college with the Phoenix Suns in merchandising. Wow. I, I think that's an important thing to note. I don't think that's abnormal about entrepreneurs and people that end up leading businesses either. Or for just the general public, you start off in one way and that guides you to an experience that you have that might lead you a completely different path. Yet those skills that you learned are still valuable. They're just not you know, necessarily where you, you ended up thinking that you were going to go originally. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, I know Sportique, you guys, from a theme standpoint, I'm going to come back to the business side a little bit about, you know, how we set missions and, and values and what is kind of your theme behind your product. And you guys talk a lot about the basics of comfort. And in fact, you guys provide that as a guarantee. What is it about that that made it such an important aspect of like, this is what we value in our in our mission for our company and why that's so important? It really starts with humanity. It starts with looking at fundamental needs, fundamental aspects of a human being. Mm -hmm. And our values are stemmed from that. 
um, this, the mission of comfort is stemmed from that. And it really stems from every single human being on the face of this earth wants to feel good and plain and simple. We do. And so really that's our, our mission around comfort is we can solve that by creating cool, comfortable clothes that, that help people feel good. And then we really extend that through our processes, how we work with our clients, how we work with our teammates and, and partners that ultimately we want to feel good. How do we work to create a comfortable experience? And look, as we scale, you know, we have to change how those things are, but that's kind of always that, that North star, how are we becoming more efficient? And when we're more efficient, it's a more enjoyable process and more comfortable process for all. I love that you took this word that actually has to do with clothing and made it so much more than that. You know, it started out with like, hey, it's comfortable clothing, but now it it guides your principles as you're talking about more than just the what. It's the how and more what can you do with it that's more than comfort of clothes. There's comfort for people out in the world. Moving towards that, you guys have a big mission in the world to help. How does your company and the values that drive you also drive that give back thing? You know, you've got a lot of ways to to give back because that's a not every company has that. And I I look at yours and how did that come about? And tell us about why it's so important. Well, first of all, thanks for asking because I because it's one of those things that you know I think it's important for all businesses to do, but it's something that not something you always like want to you you tout and talk about but you know jason and i and for that matter the exec team and company we we really wanted to give back but you can't give back everywhere right so we really honed in on what matters to us and what we what was important to us and one of the lenses was really helping kids in crisis like how can they be comfortable if they're going through a challenging time in their life? And that could be, it could be health related, it could be environmentally related, it could be education, any any of this sort. And so we really have looked to partner with NGOs or nonprofits that are making a difference in supporting kids in in that area. So that's that was that's kind of really one one lens in terms of how we look to to give back. And so we've. We've supported orphanages in other countries with education and food and shelter. We've provided support. One of the local NGOs in town is Umam. They do a great job in really helping to break the cycle of homelessness in Arizona. And so for us, it was, okay, we love what you're doing. How can we help with the youth that are coming through? Because their parents are are dealing with homeless, but they're kind of the byproduct of it. And so Umam really looks to help break that cycle. And so the initiatives that we've done have always been geared toward the youth. We've supported, you know, things around schools with anti-bullying to the Phoenix Children's Hospital, to Greg Olson's charity that helps with kids that are dealing with congenial heart failure. So really where can we provide, you know, that give back? I feel like the support we get from our clients is is tremendous and how can we then look to support you know our community and our our environment how do you guys make that happen matt how do you make that flow throughout your team 
your business? And then uh, how actually do you allow that to happen with your customers and your clients? Well, some things are just now kind of like built in. Like we look to donate clothes to different partners throughout the year. One of the things that we did that's kind of now just like a a built-in process that I really like, there's a platform called Beam Impact. And if you come to sportsseat.com, any purchase you make, you can earmark 1% of that sale to go to a nonprofit of your choice. We have four that are listed now. And so just automatically we we're building that into our ecosystem to, you know, to give back. And now we've established relationships with some of the partners that I've mentioned that throughout the year we're we're doing either some sort of program to donate clothes or to have proceeds of our sales go to their nonprofit to support their initiatives. Do you feel that having this, you know, supporting the nonprofits through your own business, has it changed how people have looked at your business or has it changed how quickly you've grown or any of that? Or I know it's not about that, but how the society then looked at your business itself. I don't know. I just feel like it's the right thing to do. So just we do it. And so I haven't really looked at it from that lens. I I will tell you this story, like COVID happened and our clients, their businesses were predicated on foot traffic. So when, when COVID happened, like everything shut down for our business, it was really bad. It was really, you know, it was really hard. And, you know, one of our values is having a can do attitude. And so we asked that question, okay, well, what can we do? And so one of the things we said is we can be mindful. We can stay connected, stay connected to ourselves, to our teammates, to our friends, to our family. I think that was really important during that time to really be connected to humanity on some level. The other thing that we could do is we can make cool, comfortable clothes. And then we also said, you know what, we can give back. And so that kind of really, even though our business was, there was no revenue, there were no sales coming in. We were like, you know what? We could give back. And so we started, we created a t-shirt that was titled Together We Win. And we had all the proceeds, not not just some, all the proceeds went to frontline healthcare relief. And, and this was early on, April, May of 2020 when COVID happened. And so to me, it wasn't about, okay, we're, let's generate a bunch of sales. It's like, hey, let's help. Let's help our community of what's happening with COVID. And then, you know, you fast forward to today, we've ha- we've seen exponential growth coming out of COVID. I can't tell you it was because of that. It was just, I just, we just felt like that was the right thing to do. So. Thank you for, for explaining that. I think that's just, again, beautiful. And I think it exemplifies, at least from my viewpoint, who you guys are as a at the root of your company and who's who's driving and leading that that culture and those values and that sets you up for success. Speaking of that success, you guys have had a tremendous growth streak in the last few years. And that we you mentioned the word scaling a little bit ago. So I've had the quote saying with scale comes stress. You might know that one. Um so how did you manage to you know, access opportunities for scaling or does it come more organic? How did that, you know, for people that do want to scale their business, what does that mean and how did that work for you? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of everything. If I could touch upon the scale and the stress quote, what's required to grow in any sense is tension. Like you need tension because tension is that that energy, that fuel that helps to for something to grow. You need you need tension. And so most of the time tension doesn't always feel good. Sometimes we'll equate it to stress, but the tension is what kind of really gives birth to new things. So we all have to go through it in some shape or form. If you just look at you know, anyone being born a human or an animal or that bird that's cracking through an egg, like it's dealing with tension in some shape or, or form. So if we understand that it can embrace it, it helps, you know, go through that journey um, much better than taking that as stress, negativity, and it could have negative effects, you know, on our well-being. But the thing about scaling is, you know, having the vision having continual movement and going in in that direction towards the vision. I actually love the whole example around structural tension, which is what is that vision? What is the long-term vision that you have? And and the clearer you are with that vision, it the stronger that tension you're creating. And then if you are have a team and you have a people around you that you can share that vision with, and they create the same tension. Now you're start some. You've got a very powerful thing that can start to move and grow. And I think um, that's I think been a process that we've been doing over the years in how we've evolved, how we've improved our vision, how we've been able to bring the right people together that understand what we're doing, so we can really move, you know, together. And as you do that. You start attracting the right clients. You start attracting the right partners. How long did that take you as a as a company to get to that point where you're like, oh, this is finally moving in the direction we want? It's not easy to start. You go through a lot of things. And it's like on the back end, it always looks, you know, people will look at your company and be like, oh, that looks, you guys, of course, that's great. You have this all going. It doesn't happen easily, though. How long did that take you? So, yeah, so we're finally getting it. I, I feel like we're still, you know, trying to get it. And frankly, Allison, I think I'm always going to have that mindset of, of that. But I've kind of equated, you know, being an entrepreneur, starting Sportique, starting the business, that we were just infants. And if you think about when you when you see those little kids, those three, four year olds on a sh- on a soccer field of how they're playing soccer, they're just running all over the place and whatnot. Well, that's how we were when we started the the company. We were no, yes, we were no we were no different. And so we as we've grown, we've gotten smarter, and to now we're playing the game much different. We're passing better. We're there's proper spacing. There's proper strategy. There's proper roles define this proper teamwork. And I think I think that's part of the evolution of starting a business is that you're going to go through those challenges. As you keep growing, you're just going to get better and better. So when I look at the trajectory of Sportique, it very much follows the that path of toddler, you know, kid, youth to we're now in our 17th year. So we're coming out of that teenage 
you know, uh, going into the more young adult stage, but we have a lot of maturing, you know, to do as a, as a company, but the good news is we're doing it and, and it's been a great experience all around. What's one of your next, you know, like company goals, like, Hey, we've got other things that we want to tackle. I mean, what's, what's next on the, the adventure docket for Sportique? Yeah. So there's, a number of initiatives we have this year, some internal, some external. Starting internally, it's, you know, we're improving our processes. We're instituting uh, Lean Six Sigma through our production facility and really adopting more of a continuous improvement mindset. You know, those are things that the consumer never sees is just what you're doing inside your business to make it operate better and to be able to deliver your products and services to clients in a timely manner and with quality. And that's really important as you're scaling. We're improving our ability to handle our financial accounting and reporting and data. So there's more more of those behind the scenes. And then on the front end, there's a lot of things we're doing to improve our brand awareness, marketing, new initiatives with sales, new accounts that we're, we're looking to onboard new licenses that we're looking to partner with. And so there's a synergistic thing happening in terms of our of our growth. What do you, Matt, love most about what you do? I mean, what what about your account in your role like fulfills you and says like, I feel alive today uh, because this happened and I want to give 110% today. What is it that fulfills you? Human involvement, people, people developing, coming together, growing, learning, growing, evolving. I love seeing that happen for myself. I love seeing it happen for, for others. I love the product. I love what we're doing and how we continue to evolve on the, on the, the product side. You know, for me, I, I really love a vision strategy, putting those things together, helping with those, those implementations. And as, as the company has grown, like my role has become more around people and supporting people with the vision versus maybe being very involved in supply chain, product, sales, and things of, of that nature. And so I get to touch all facets of the business and I, that's what I love. I love connecting like this morning with some product development initiatives that we're working on connecting with some sales initiatives that we're working on. And so I get to have my hands in a lot of different things and it's fun. It, it is fun. There are tough things that happen, but I always look at my business. It's a puzzle to be solved. I love puzzles. And how do I learn, grow, um, be better and try to get the pieces together to, to solve the puzzle in the best way I can today? And hopefully next year I'll be able to solve that puzzle faster, differently, in a different way and maybe have a better total outcome. Speaking of curiosity and how we continue to, to grow ourselves, what do you recommend that maybe entrepreneurs do to help them be better themselves or be better for their company? What are some things that you might have done that could be helpful advice to somebody? Um, good question. I mean, for me, I think self-care is really important. I think to the degree that you're going to be able to grow the businesses to the degree that you've grown as a person. So I love um, that. <laughs> so really <laughs> love that. So what are you doing to improve yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, and then also skill set, right? I've done a lot of exec ed programs, but then I've also, you know, I work with an exec coach, but then I also do a lot 
spiritually and mindfulness and meditation and just what am I doing to be able to be the best version of me for the business and what, you know, what's expected of me, especially when you start adding to now up to 94, you know, people. So I think you can't do everything. So I think when you got to solve a situation, really kind of look at who, not how, because we can't do everything. You can't figure out everything, but who can help and putting the right people around to solve those things is, I think, really important. Yeah. Well, I love what you talked about. I mean, truly, that speaks my language. I, no matter what I do in my in my own personal life as well as my business life, if I'm not doing my best of my self care, I definitely can't be there for family. I can't be there for team. I can't be there to be my best at work and to to be the best for patients and clients as well. And then executive education. You've done several different items around that. You're in an entrepreneurs organization. And those things are so valuable. What do you feel like has been uh, from your executive education? Like, oh, I'd recommend, golly, really look into this. Or this has been really important for me. And maybe there's something like that in somebody else's, you know, target target region. Or maybe you need to travel. Yeah. And sometimes just getting away and getting away because we're in the weeds too much, getting away, taking time to, yeah, travel. Uh, I think most of my ideas or a lot of good things that I've come up with have not been in the office. <laughs> we think, oh, we got to come to the office to figure things out, but it usually gets figured out outside the office in some shape or, or form. I'm sure there's science and data behind it, but yeah. I think it allows I, that creative juice to flow a little yeah. bit. Different. The synapses just fire differently when you're not trying to put fires out. I just think it's important to have this learning and growth mindset. And so what is your what is your vision? What is someone's vision around that for themselves? And then look to solve that. Uh, it could be a book. It could now start being books to read. It could be a podcast to listen to. It could be a class to take. I highly recommend if you are an entrepreneur to look into entrepreneurs organization because I think it's done wonders for me from a learning scenario with some of the programs that they offer, but then the forum experience of just being able to be with peers to address, you know, things that are happening in real time in your life. Because entrepreneurs organization is not just about your business. It's about your family. It's about your personal life, which all intertwines in how you show up for your business. I'm a big proponent of whether it's entrepreneurs organization or others, to be able to surround yourself with folks who are dealing with similar issues so you can come together and support one another. Wow. And you've been a part of that for how long? 10 years. 10 years? Yeah, 10 years. Yeah. And you guys have a, a local chapter of that. So it's something I had never, never heard of. But as I was doing a little research for our podcast today, that was something that's like, oh, I'm kind of interested in that. I'm, I'm constantly, how do you surround yourself with people that are different industries, but how, how do you surround yourself with those people that can help support, build you up, create ideas, make you want to think differently? Yeah. What's great about it is so many business industries and disciplines that are involved. So I remember, you know, at a, one period of time in my forum, there was someone that owned a dental practice to someone that has a chemical cleaning business. 
to an attorney, to an engineer. So it's very different and you get to learn. They're going through the same stuff, even though their industry might be different. And then you get to learn other industries and how they work as well, which is really cool. I think that's that's fabulous. And it allows you to also do things nationally on a on a different level versus just what's happening in your own your own region. So with all of these things going on in your life, um, taking care of self, taking care of team, taking care of family, time management is definitely an issue. How do you make that happen best for yourself so that you can be the most effective and efficient for the amount of time that you have? What's what's your what's your tip and skill? <laughs> yeah, so first of all, the the life balance topic, it's an illusion. Don't fall into the trap of it. <laughs> I think two there's two things that I'd say about it. One, there's the external piece around work-life balance and that has to do with time, right? When we all have the same amount of time in a, in a day. So then it's how are we best using it and choosing to use that time each and every, every day? What's important? And I think it's really important to really look at, work on things that are most important, how to manage your calendar. So I'm, I, I really look to at my calendar every day. I look at it weekly. I look at a monthly. Is it setting me up for success in the people I need to be talking to, having time to work on the bit and work on the business and then also making sure there's space for exercise or family and, and things of that nature. So there's that that piece of it. And then there's the internal piece. And that internal piece is how are you balancing self in terms of psychology, mental health, uh, emotions, um, physical health, things of that nature. And so we, we get caught up in the external piece, but the internal one is where we are experiencing what's really happening. And so if we can really make sure that even though our calendar is full of work stuff, what are, how are we still experiencing ourselves during work and are we balanced there? Because if we're balanced wherever we are, then we're fine. We're going to be great wherever wherever we go. But if there's imbalances and within ourselves, it's going to show up in everything else that we're doing. Have you had a time where you were unbalanced and needed to learn the skills to become balanced? How did you get to? I've got this clarity. Here's the way I'm going to proceed and go about my day in order to try to balance all of these items. Yeah. So that's why I say it's an illusion because you can just knock it out of the park today and then tomorrow it could just be a complete mess and that's why were you a complete mess in some time (laughs) yeah i I think that's just human nature you know yeah i think for me there's there's some non-negotiables that i that i have with myself that set me up for success and that's taking time to meditate and really connect with the inner part of myself once I start there and that's set, it transcends to then everything else that I'm doing. And so when I find myself in a state where I feel unbalanced, not making good decisions, um, whatever that, whatever those things are, that's really where I then will turn to. And that kind of really sets everything. It's almost like a, a bit of a reset for me. 
I don't know if that helps, but oh, absolutely, absolutely. There have been so many, you know, entrepreneurs I've visited with, and one of the key things I would say to helping take care of self has actually been meditation. And I'll be honest, that's not something that I, I do. Maybe I meditate in in different forms, um, but to actually be, you know, sitting there being present with your thoughts. Do you think there are different ways to be able to achieve that? With, you know, are there different ways to meditate versus what I think in my head meditation should be? Well, it depends on what you're looking for, right? So for me, uh, I'll I'll get a little personal. In my early 20s, I was in a really rough place dealing with anxiety, um, really couldn't concentrate, um, really struggled, you know, in school taking a test because I just couldn't, I couldn't, I wasn't retaining information. I could sit and read something for hours, but nothing was getting retained. There was just a really, you know, tough anxiety. And, and I had all these visions. I had all these dreams that I wanted. And, and I realized, wow, if I had all those things, this job, you know, money, a family, a car, a house, and I had all those things, but I felt the way I was feeling, it's like, what's the point? And so it really flipped what mattered to me and what was most important. And what was most important at that point of time was really to have inner peace. And so that's been the number one driver in my life, period. That's the first thing. And so if that's not being solved on a daily basis, then I'm not doing my job for me, right? Mm -hmm. And so through that want, the meditative practices eventually, you know, solved for me. And I took about seven years from when I kind of put that stake in the in the ground to really learn that practice, have the discipline to 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 do that practice. So to me, it really goes back to what's the vision of your life? What is it that you want? Um, and if that's something that you want and you have that desire and that drive, then you're going to go and figure it out. It's very natural for a human to to do that once that drive and desire is there. Yes, we were talking today. I've had a medical student with me and we were talking about, I can't help people change if they don't want to change. They might think they want this, but do they really want it? And are, are they willing to take the steps and make the habits and quote unquote the discipline? And yes, I, I in the eye world and, and a skin and laser world, but are they willing to do that to get the results that they want on the long term versus something that I can just provide short term? And so what you're what you're talking about, again, it just transcends um, things, whether that's for your company, you know, it's the discipline, it's the growth. How are we setting that up for success? Or is it us personally? What are we doing to be disciplined growth? Try to set our own, you know, sense of success up um, as well. And the, the whole thing of, you know, truly being vulnerable to talking about that, which I think is getting a little bit more commonplace now, but to recognize that for yourself so many years ago about like truly, I mean, I think we're talking about mental and emotional health, which is really setting the stage for how you are able to deliver in your life. So one last thing I'm gonna gonna ask and uh, we'll we'll end on a on a little different note. So I hear you start off uh, company meetings with quotes. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, so, so why, why, why do you do that? Uh, what's, what's your why behind the quote? And then before we leave, I want you to share with us, uh, a quote that you feel has been impactful for you. 
putting you on the spot a little. I don't know how the quotes got started. I just started it. I started a meeting that way and it got a reaction. It kind of got a quirky reaction. Um, but it was but it was a very good quote. I don't even really remember what it was. So then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start the next meeting. I'm going to have another quote. And it was a, a very intentional at what I picked. And then when COVID happened and we were doing daily like huddles and doing daily Zooms with the team, I was giving quotes and that were very appropriate, I think, for what we were dealing with. And so it just has, it's just now become a thing that any, any company meeting that I start or lead, it starts with a, with a quote. And so the quote that I'll share with you that I actually have on my wall in the office um, that kind of speaks to kind of some of the things we just talked about is what you practice the most you get good at, which also leads to another saying we have up in the wall here in the office is your focus determines your reality. And that was from Star Wars. But again, what you practice- Thanks for telling me where that was from because not being a Star Wars person, I wouldn't have yeah. that. So. Yeah, but what you practice the most you get good at, that wasn't from Star Wars. But yeah, like, like that's where you're putting your time, where you're putting your attention. And if you're consciously practicing things, then you are going to get good at it. And if you're unconsciously practicing things, you're going to get good at it. So choose carefully what you, you know, because if you, if you get upset when something happens all the time, you're going to get good at that. And if you are, are expressing gratitude at things that happen in your life, you're going to get good at that. So, yeah, I like that quote. I love that. And I love your why behind why you you like that quote. With that, I, I don't think there's a, a better conclusion as a <laughs> podcast than that. You have been so gracious with your time and uh, not just telling us the what you do, but the how and the why behind it, which also gave us a great insight into you as a leader and an entrepreneur of an amazing business. But there's more to that business than just the business itself. So thank you for sharing your art of seeing clearly with us and hopefully our listeners, I know I did personally, gained a lot of, of insight and empowerment to help us continue to be the best and see ourselves as good as we can as well. So thanks so much, Matt. Thank you, Allison. And, and again, thank you for what you're doing around this podcast and really uh, looking to shine a light uh, on vision and helping others and myself see clearly. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.